welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because when you do, you get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Priestman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we are diving deep into everyone's favorite day of the baseball calendar. Okay, maybe some people, maybe one person's, there's got to be somebody whose favorite, exactly one person's favorite day on the baseball calendar, the Rule 5 draft. There were things that happened in the baseball world today and all told, Patrick, and it's it's been a while that you could say this, I think the Rockies had a good day. Did they have a great day? No. Was that is that really possible on the Rule 5 draft? No. Not really, no. But Rockies picked up an intriguing player and didn't lose any of the major pieces out of their system that we thought they might, uh, although one notable member of the system has left. Uh, so we're going to start there, then we'll run you through some of the fun things over the history of the, the Rockies Rule 5 draft, because it, it it's always interesting to look back on these guys, right, over the years. Most of them that get taken in this thing don't really end up going too far, but you end up learning the names of the ones that do. You, you, you sometimes get befuddled and baffled and go, wait, that guy was just picked up in Rule 5, and uh, the Rockies have been on the ugly end of that a couple of times. But uh, you, you never know with this Jordan Sheffield kid, brother of justice, that's, that's correct, but no relation to Gary. So you've got your Sheffields correct. Rockies pick up a, a right-handed pitcher who can touch 100 and has uh, double-digit strikeout numbers throughout his minor league career. So why was he available in the Rule 5 draft, Patrick? Well, he walks everybody. But intriguing guy. He was even available last year in, in the Rule 5 draft and was kind of overlooked. Not sure that he did much in 2020. Uh, he's the same guy. He's quite literally, he might even be worse uh, in yeah. theory. Um, so, but but again, you you take a shot on it. You're, you're taking a flyer on a guy. There haven't been, you know, Roberto Clemente is essentially the only Hall of Famer that ever came in a Rule 5 draft. And that just came during a time in which the, uh, you know, Brooklyn Dodgers just had so many, um, great players at the time in their system that, you know, you could, you could do something like that. You know, Johan Santana, Shane Victorino are, are a couple of rule five guys. So you can, you can find an all-star, not maybe not a multi-time all-star, but an all-star Josh Hamilton was one as well for much yep. different circumstances. He had totally yep. left the game and was just available and was like, well, look, he's not coming back to, to our organization down in Tampa. Uh, but if somebody else wants him and, and had a good season with the Reds, and uh, everything we know that happened after that is history. So yeah, it's it's nothing earth shattering, and and you know plenty of players. You know you look at you look at the rundown of every single player that was selected in the rule five, and you go, oh, hold on now, how, how fast can he? Oh, okay, maybe you maybe there's a lot of these dudes, teams. right? This is kind of the yeah. profile of most of the pitchers available. Uh, we did the write up the day before. I, I looked at all three of the lefties, and it was like great raw stuff. They walk way too many guys. And so you go, yeah, why is this guy even available? Um, to answer the questions here, Wild the Innocent asking how high in the system has he gotten? Uh, he had pitched in double A in 2019 for the Dodgers, 37.2 innings. And as we were talking about, 11.47 Ks per nine, but 7.65 walks per nine. How he only had a 358 ERA, I do not know. 
basically the same story the year before, huge strikeouts, huge walks, and a 260 ERA. So either he's incredibly lucky uh, he, or he's one of those guys that really can play with fire and somehow figure out not how to not get burned because 100 miles an hour fastball and those kind of strikeout rates can do that for you. Maybe he's got an X factor. More than likely, he's a he's a tweak away from being a thing. But we know that guys, baseball players, can make that little adjustment that that really turns them into the best that they could be. And uh, the best that this kid could be is is decent here. This is a an, and I think another solid indication that the Rockies are building their bullpen the way they should have all along and the way you and I have talked about this offseason, how they should. High upside guys with almost no investment. Precisely right. I'm almost surprised they didn't try to go for more of those guys because, like, you know, in the, in, in the uh, article that was dropped on Wednesday, you know, you highlighted three, you know, really talented left-handed pitchers, uh, one of which ended up going in the minor league phase, which is uh, a whole other thing that we'll get into never. Yeah. But – you know, I, I always <laughs> thought they would have taken a, a flyer on, on somebody else. But, yeah, you, you say you, know, you like the pedigree of a guy. You know, it was a first-round pick, 36 overall out of Vanderbilt. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of quality ball players coming out of, the, out of Nashville there. And, you know, he was a top 100 prospect for a little bit. You know, in fact, was, was rated the 23rd best prospect in the 2016 draft. Immediately was in the top 15 in the Rockies system in 2017. Same thing in 2018. So it's not that long ago that this guy, you know, had the stuff and showed it in those lower levels. It's a little different than with Riley Pint where you look and you go, hey, again, if, if you just look at some of the uh, some of the numbers as far as just his fastball, off-speed pitches, whatever you go, Hey, there's some projectability for this kid, but there were no numbers to really support that. Whereas at least with Jordan Sheffield, there are those numbers. There are um, some numbers. Yeah, exactly. And so you, you feel a little bit better about that and say, all right, Hey, why not give this guy a shot? Doesn't really cost you too much. You know, it, it would be nice to, to stick it to the Dodgers, no doubt to take one of their own guys and, and, and do something with that. But, uh, the other side of the coin is the giants plucking, uh, a Rockies guy, and we'll we'll get to that in a second, and and they could turn around and put the knife in the Rockies' back too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, before we we move off of Jordan Sheffield, though, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, we we ran through those numbers. You remember the 2017 bullpen and how we talked about how remarkably deep it was, but that there were I now I'm gonna have to go back. I think I've got this right. It wasn't that long ago. Eleven guys, 17 bullpen who put up a 100 ERA plus or better. And obviously, you know, the Rockies don't field an 11 man bullpen, right? That means that despite the fact that they had a lot of guys who were going good, some guys came in and out throughout the year, maybe some of them got hurt, maybe some came up and they were pitching really well. And then you could see they were going to start to fall off and you know, send them back to AAA. And I could see Jordan Sheffield being a guy who there's an injury in March, and you call him up, and he just gets hot for a couple of weeks. And then he starts to walk everybody and you go, oh, we got to send you back to, you know, hopefully AAA. Uh, no, actually, we've learned more about that. So, so you, you we'll send him back to AAA, right? Um, okay, but, who are you talking about again? The, the who, the who, what's now? And at the end of the season, maybe he's only thrown 15 or 20 pitches for, or not pitches. That would, I'm getting real specific now, innings or something for the Rockies, but at a hundred, 105, 110 ERA plus, maybe a 90. He could be of you know and that's where where the bullpen's got to get to so they've got these guys who can come in and out uh give them different kinds of value and so you're not necessarily counting on this dude to 
to come in and anchor your bullpen and all. But could he be a guy who gets hot for a couple of weeks and you ride that for a little momentum at the right time? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he'll have to be on the um, he'll have to be on the twenty six man or twenty eight or thirty again. MLB will whatever. figure out eventually how many <laughs> whatever guys, they tell us what when they is. get around to it. Yeah, no, uh, but he will have to be you know on the roster for the entirety of the season. That's Not that's one of the spot. things that makes it so tricky yeah. with the yeah. rule five picks is these guys like there's there's a flaw there there's an issue with them. Otherwise, they would have made the forty man roster of their team, right? Totally. So. Right. And it becomes so hard to, you know, to hide guys, even with a 26-man roster, because, you know, you can only have so many phantom IL trips um, because the guy still has to be on the active roster. In fact, there was a, a player a couple of years ago, some Rockies fans would remember, Dan Winkler, where, you know, right. he was on Atlanta for the entire season and yet was still eligible for Rule 5, still had to stick around on Atlanta in order for them to maintain his rights because – the time had essentially run out in the season because he uh, needed Tommy John surgery. So, um, you know, he would have to be a, a vital member of the bullpen or just a guy that they keep around. And again, it's sometimes what happens with guys. And, and sometimes you just, yeah, this wouldn't be the case with Jordan Sheffield. But, you know, if the Rockies had targeted, let's say, a young guy who was 21 years old, like almost like a hell Chris Oliveira. So, again, he was mm. protected on the 40 man. But another team would have gone out and said, all right, we've got a 21-year-old lefty from the Dominican Republic, and he's played a single season of short season ball in America back in 2019. How do we keep this asset but yet not overexpose him and not totally right. have him get blown up so you have to hide the guy? And you know what? Then the next year, you could send him back, sneak him through waivers, send him to AA or AAA, and you go, okay, well, that was an interesting little experiment. But at the same time, what you've got is – uh, a guy with decent upside in Oliveras for the years to come. So you kind of bite the bullet next year to get that asset. Again, not necessarily the it's case harder with Sheffield. to do now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not necessarily it's the harder. case with Sheffield. He'll he'll be there and he'll stick around. But it, it, so. it kind of goes to show you, you know, how difficult it is to find really, you know, good good talent with with upside because there's there's a reason why these players are available. They've got right. their flaws. Even even really good players. Even some of the guys the Rockies protected on the forty men. Same thing with Dodgers, Yankees. All those guys they they protected these players so that they wouldn't be um, left exposed in the Rule Five draft. And some of those guys, nothing might ever come of them. So right. it's it's a problem all teams have in, in evaluating. But the guys who are, are left out there in Rule Five. You know, teams are looking and saying, you know what, we if we make a little tweak here or there, we could really have something. And and it, and it could be the the first time since Tommy Canely in 2013 that the Rockies have something uh, right. to show for their Rule Five draft. Well, and you know, it, it didn't really work out too well in Colorado, but he's turned into a uh, yeah. he's had a nice little career for himself. And if if Jordan Sheffield turns out to be a Tommy Canely esque guy, but maybe does some of that here in Colorado, that's a great get. And if he doesn't, well big deal right you've you've and, and and this again for me the biggest takeaway from this has less to do with the kid himself though a year or two from now if we're going hey look at this thing they got wouldn't totally shock me uh it really does have to do with another indication that the rockies are showing you exactly what they're targeting and exactly what their strategy is for targeting it a bunch of dudes none of whom they have to promise anything to right now any of whom they can become more atta attached to down the line if they figure it out, but they're also not just going after, 
you know, like a bunch of 35 year old guys who are maybe look, you know, the Daniel Bard. They're not just trying to repeat the, the sort of magic they had with Daniel Bard or say a Greg Holland. They're they're like, OK, well, maybe we'll get somebody out of somebody else's organization. And he's 25. Uh, Jordan Sheffield's not a, a super young guy or anything like that. But, you know, some of these other guys, uh, uh, Derek Rodriguez, what is he, 26, 27 still? Uh, so these guys in their 20s that they're picking up and just saying, we want to have a bunch of options. And and despite all of it, I do think that this is, again, for those of you who don't want the Rockies to tear down, but those of you who want the Rockies to build and try to win next year, this is the best way to go about doing it is to show up in spring training with just a whole lot of guys who could maybe give you something in the bullpen and then roll forward with who, whoever's hot and however many you can keep on the team and roll them out there when they get hot. And uh, I think that really should be the strategy moving forward. So too bad it, it took them a, a couple of years to figure it, it out. Oh, wow, sure. <laughs> yeah. And again, and again, these are, these are assets and, and these aren't guys that are going to have, you know, right. as you said, a Daniel Bard esque, you know, all-star type season. They maybe, maybe again, maybe. but you're, you're, you're not going to put any of your, your money on DraftKings on any of those guys to be all-stars, but they're still assets. Even if you're dealing with rebuilding teams or tanking teams, whatever it is, you still are going to bring in assets and go, Hey, you know, Derek Rodriguez did a good job as a spot starter. Um, you know, we can keep him around for, for future seasons, or you can, even if you get lightning in a bottle, like a Daniel Bard situation, you know, if, if the Rockies were in a different place where they were rebuilding last year, you go, Hey, we got a lockdown closer here for you, or maybe even a, an eighth inning guy. What are you going to give me for that? And again, you only improve your organization. If you continue to bring in more talent, even if it's not talent, for a postseason run or talent for three, four, five years down the line. You're bringing in guys to say, look, we may have something here. We'll either keep it for ourselves because we're contending, or we can turn around and, and deal it for something else for the future when we are contending. So you can't go wrong. They, they've done a really nice job in, in building that depth uh, with relievers and arms. And again, nothing might come of those guys, but I would rather see them doing something than doing right. nothing. So again, you know, I, I definitely have to applaud them for that. Right. I, I, I see a lot of people inclined to compare this to last off season. And folks, I got to tell you, somebody who very closely covered last off season. Do you? Uh, the, oh, yeah, you do. You do. Oh, wait, you know, right. I remember. Wait, Drew? Oh, what's up, dude? Yeah. DNVR, right. We work together. This is way more movement and way more of a recognition that they need to be doing stuff. And also, it's far more pointed. And even the other side of it that we'll get into now, you know, the the losing of Vince Fernandez, the, the kind of thing where, okay, look, you lost a position player who had some interesting talent, interesting ability, a little bit of a red flag with a PED suspension problem that he had. Um he, I mean, the guy's an athlete. I, I got to see him play live several times. Uh, real athlete with some pop and some speed. And, and power-speed combos are things I I don't like losing. I talk about assets and, and athletes as assets. Uh, I've always, you know, been more intrigued by that. But, um, you know, so so I think there's the, – the Giants could have gotten something potentially there. And there's also the part where, as we've talked about, you know, with Dahl out of the system now – the Rockies organizational depth charted outfielder is looking super thin. Um, even if you add Ryan Vallade in there, which we really should, and, and start counting him as, as an outfielder, which helps. Boy, does that help because they they need it. They they really, after the, the group of guys who we've already seen at the major league level, and then, you know, Zach Veen, who's still 12 years old or whatever it is, it just, we, we 
there's there, there's nothing. One of the very few guys you could point to who was kind of in that low A to double A range was Vince Fernandez, and and now he's gone. And so I don't, you know, I, again, I've always been of the opinion the Rockies find these guys. Uh, they'll get outfielders who can hit. They just will. I don't know why they just do it, it all. I don't, one of those things. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so now it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily match up this way because they could have chosen to protect them if they wanted. But if the question is, would you rather have Jordan Sheffield or Vince Fernandez in your system if you're the Rockies? That's an easy question. You take the pitcher there every time. I think, but uh, this yeah, could be a the, guy. You have the same depth issues, right? You have the same yeah, depth right. issues. Right. With starting pitcher, relief pitcher, and outfield, but you're right. You can easily Pitching get another. Yeah. You can get another guy. I, I mean, again, if we're, t- if we're talking about the minor league phase of the draft, I was really surprised. The Rockies were only one of five teams to not uh, pluck a, a, a player from someone else's system. So that was kind of strange, especially since they knew they had those, you know, depth issues that there could have been, you know, possibly somebody out there. Again, it's not free. Um, and you know, the Rockies have, have done well to, to keep a lot of staff around because they're, they're thinking about, you know, people and, and they don't want there to be uh, those layoffs and stuff. So you got to applaud them for that as well. Um, but it would have been nice to see them again. There, there has to be somebody out there that your scouts or the, uh, dare I say analytics team are, are noticing as like, hey. hey, here's somebody that could be better or like every organization I think has, uh, probably like a Vince Fernandez type guy where you go, Hey, you know what? If, if the stars align a little bit, he showed flashes here and there has some flaws, but you know, has a a decent amount of upside. Um, So that was a little disappointing, but, but you're right. Yeah. That, that, that weakens their, their depth, at least uh, the, the projectability of the depth, because there's going to be a veteran fourth outfielder guy like Mike Gerber last year. All right. Right. He's going to do a decent job, but you're not going to get too excited about him. Boswell. Yeah, I was excited about. I was really excited about seeing Vince Fernandez in in Albuquerque, and 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 Boswell will get an opportunity. He's been playing, you know, more outfield. Yeah. I think Manny Melendez is, has been a guy that's uh, like been a him. little bit overlooked. Again, I yeah. I don't know. I don't think he's going to factor in much. Casey Golden's been the guy that I've really um, been kind of you know banging the drum about. You know, more power, a little too much swing and miss. Um, but everywhere he's gone, he's hit homers. So again, lightning in a bottle. Maybe maybe something can come of that. Now, shout out to our old uh, friend, good buddy, Rich Allen, who first put me on to Casey Golden. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he's putting up the big numbers. And, uh, yeah, I, I think there are some guys there. And that's why I don't worry about it. So here we go. I know you're going to give us your DraftKings pick of the week in just a minute, but I'm asking you for a bonus one up front right now. Who has the better career? Jordan Sheffield, Vince Fernandez. Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, we're probably but, talking uh, about war, probably talking more wins above replacement. Well, uh, you'd probably have to say Justice Sheffield is at an advantage. I think he's technically at negative one war before he's made his debut for the Rockies, according to certain <laughs> metrics. So already right. he's in a right. hole. Right. Wow. This stuff. Uh, I, I guess it would be Sheffield, but yeah, I don't know. It might not be by too much. I, I would say. If, if Sheffield were on the Dodgers and Fernandez stayed with the Rockies, I would have sure. gone Sheffield. And now I think it's kind of it's kind of gotten a little bit closer. So, yeah, I, I would go with the chalk. I would go with the, the first round, 36th overall pick rather you than, uh, you know, Vince Fernandez, who was, was taken much later than that. Really interesting. Round. interesting player, though. That's well, good, if you want to – I don't think you can 
bet on that specifically. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't that be something. Uh, I'm not sure DraftKings knows who either of those two people are, but they do know a whole lot about sports. They know that you know a whole lot about sports and that you want to make a little extra money with your knowledge about sports uh, or just make it a little bit more fun, whichever way you go, whether you're betting on baseball for next season already, the game's getting ready to go. It sounds like they're going to have an NHL season. I know that was up in the air there for a minute. Hey, did you know they're still playing NFL football? Uh, I know the Broncos have, hmm. I, I believe they've existed for the last couple of weeks. Cannot confirm nor deny, uh, though, hashtag Kendall Hinton for life. Whatever you're betting on, UFC, whatever it is, man, you got to get that DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code DNVR and they will hook you up with a bonus of up to $1,000. That's right. Promo code DNVR gets you a special deposit bonus of up to 1000 bucks. And they're always doing cool promo stuff. There was one today I saw. Uh, I didn't see the details of it. Dre just posted it in our Slack channel. It's $25 free bet on whatever you want today if you'd placed a bet Wow! Uh, in the last couple of days or something like that. Just, here, go out there and have a little fun, man. It, it really is fantastic. Download it today. Use that promo code DNVR. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 by playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Well, after going deep last week and predicting you, the, the final score. Heater. Yeah. I, I, I mean, whew. I've lost track. Not because it's like, is it 23 weeks in a row? No, it's six or seven, but I don't know exactly the number, but yeah, the, the London, North London Derby 2-0 Tottenham ended up winning at home. If you put a, a $10 bet on that, you won 85, if you put a hundred dollar bet. Well, that's 850 bucks. So I gotta, I gotta bring you something that's going to win you some money now. Cause it's, at some point people are going to call me out. Going, ah, yeah, you're making on. the easy picks. You're making yeah. the easy picks. So I decided to dip my toe in, in UFC here. Uh, and the main event for UFC 256, I'm going with the, the kid from Tijuana, the assassin baby, Brandon Moreno at plus 250. He's the number two ranked flyweight in UFC. Of course, he's going against number one uh, and Davidson Figueredo, uh, who's also ranked 10th in the pound for pound rankings in UFC. So, Moreno's got his hands full, but I think he's got what it takes based off his, his last few victories. He is undefeated since he's uh, been with the UFC. So it's a decent little upset. You got to, you got to go, you got to bet $335 to win a hundred dollars on Figueredo. And it's just cause because he's that good. However, I really like the optics that I've been seeing from Reina. So my DraftKings. Sportsbook pick of the week is Brandon Moreno at plus 250 for the main event of UFC 256. Book Lock it in. Lock it in. Done. Assassin Baby. How do you not root for a guy oh, named right. Assassin Baby? How, how do you know? I was going to say, you, you've got to. Do you know what his, what his entrance music is, by the way? They do that in UFC, right? I assume they, they have entrance music. <laughs> yes. I, I think it's Jalapeno by El Alfa. No, I don't know what it is. That's just one of my favorite songs. Just, Brian Mel Tapio was playing that in the clubhouse last year. And I was oh, like, this song is a banger. Look it up. They should El let Alpha. Tapio run that Jalapeno. all the time. 100%. Yes. 100%. All right. I wanted to get into this more later, Patrick. But um, 
since we did get the question and you did bring it up, how do we feel about Zach Rosenthal, the Holy Spirit, and a computer running the window and a computer runner running Windows Vista being the new analytics department? Asks Jake. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I wanted to say one quick thing about this, um, which is that it, I, from what I understand, this has a lot more to do with specific things that are going on with individuals right now and also with the budget right now. Uh, this is bad and there's there, there's no like positive spin to put on these particular analytics people leaving the Colorado Rockies. It's not good. Where I would pump the brakes a bit is on people uh, who've reached the conclusion that this shows the Rockies have absolutely no care whatsoever for analytics and and quite frankly this to me is like in stark contrast to what they've been doing over the last two years the people they've been hiring the promotions they've been making and we don't know if there's another shoe to drop here or not it could very well be like people move on in jobs folks it it happens and, and sometimes a group of people who are tightly knit and i happen to know the rockies analytics group is very tightly knit decide you know we're not doing this anymore and and most of the people who've moved on uh, they, they didn't go to work for some other team or do they're not, they're not working in baseball anymore. They just got some other job offer that they're leaving for these positions. As far as we know today on December 10th may well be filled by the time the season starts. And all we know, they might be filled by people who are just as capable, if not more so of doing the job. I kind of doubt it in this economy. I suspect this is another stupid pinching thing, which is just absolutely absurd. But I just want to caution anyone from reaching the conclusion that, like, therefore, the Rockies don't care about any of this stuff. They wouldn't have been doing the pitching machine on the road with Charlie Blackman. They wouldn't have been promoting uh, Steve Merriman and Doug Berner. They wouldn't have been promoting uh, some of these other guys within the organization. Zach Rosenthal is a very analytically inclined person. Believe it or not, Jeff Breidich is a very analytically inclined person. And so... It's bad that the department is weaker than it should be. It's always been bad that the department is weaker than it should be. We've hammered that home a lot. But I just want to caution people against that a little bit. Like, the Rockies aren't waving the white flag saying, well, we don't care about analytics anymore. We're just going to get rid of this and not do that. Uh, there are far too many moves that they've shown in the last couple of years that they do care. And they recognize they've got to use it as a tool. Maybe not as much as Patrick, and I think they should, you know, but – they are moving in the right direction. This was a step backward, though. If, I feel like they've taken four or five pretty good steps forward, and this is one bad step backward. Yeah, I think that would be you know far too extreme to say like the Rockies don't care because they would just not have an analytics department. You wouldn't you wouldn't even bother paying anyone to do that. Um, that being said, you know if if you are comparing them to a lot of the other teams now, they and again a lot of this has to do with you know, the fact that four, you know, members of their, their six man analytics team did walk away. They are quite literally have the smallest analytics department in baseball right now. So right. again, that's not good. They, they hope to fill those spots, which we know did that takes time to train anybody new in, in a position. So I, th I think, you know, probably some of the discontent for Rockies fans. And I would, I would say, yeah, no, I, I, I hear, and I understand what you're saying. And, and, and that frustration that, you know, your team maybe should care more about, 
analytics and be more analytically inclined because it it's a blanket that covers over everything. It's it's everything from the Rule Five draft and and scouting and um, you know there there was you know a fantastic book that came out a few years ago called The Only Rule Is It Has to Work about uh, these two guys who who work for uh, Fangraphs and. Uh, and the ringer and, and how they went and they took a, you know, an, an independent baseball team. And they said, well, look, we I can't see video on all these guys, but we can scout all these different numbers and try to figure out who the best players are. And they absolutely found, you know, a, a, a fantastic reliever. And the, one of the reasons why this guy had never been picked up by anyone else is because he had this weird hitch in the way he threw and he threw sidearms. So like, if you saw this guy, you would go, well, no, he, no, this guy's not going to be a ball player. He, he, maybe he's gotten a little bit lucky, but as it turned out, they actually had had found a, somewhat of a diamond in a rough based right. on their, you know, analytic abilities. And you know, I think the Rockies, you know, if if you don't have that kind of an investment in analytics, you miss out on things like this with the Rule Five draft, and you, you missed out on, you know, um, drafting. You know, each and every year, each and every June. This year, of course, it will be you know in July at the All Star break. So. You know, Charlie Blackman, you know, to his credit and, and, and to be fair, that was his idea. That was because he felt the mm. analytics department wasn't doing what they need to do. Um, mm. And that's not so that's just just just, just not, I hate to do it, but just to just to correct the record a little bit. And I know there's been varying reporting on that, but it's it it came to fruition because Charlie Blackman made it come to fruition. It was not his idea. Just just so we're clear. It was the idea of the people in the analytics department it had been suggested before. Uh, it was a thing that once Charlie said, okay, show me those numbers again, convince me on this, what you're talking about. Okay. I see what you're saying. And then Charlie became, Oh no, that I would agree with. Rest, I, right. And, but that's back to the point of yeah. these people well, have the, the, the idea in the first place, right? Yeah, the analytics <laughs> they department can help. Yeah. Can help create and, those solutions because they were able to point out that there short. was an issue. Right. Charlie the, said, "Hey, here maybe could be a solution." Yeah. yeah, and the analytics department can can absolutely do that. So, you know, that's man, that's that's really become like the third leg of 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 a somewhat three legged stool where you talk about, hey, you got to have development. You got to you know draft well, develop players really well, coming up through the system. You know, give out good contracts, um, do all those things. And analytics is kind of this blanket, as I mentioned, like that covers everything. And um, and it really it it just makes it hard for the team to be successful, and and it doesn't mean they they can't, um, but it just makes it that much harder. In fact, in in uh, you know to to take a little segment of of Nick Groke's fantastic piece um, um, that he had just published, you know, someone in, inside the organization uh, basically said like the Rockies have to put together a ninety win team in order to win eighty two games, which we know because of the unfair right. environment of Coors right. Field and. Right. Analytics is one way that you can scratch out those one or two extra wins. So um, really disappointing that, that that's, you know, what happened, but um, you know, they've, they will have an opportunity to try to, to write that, that uh, write the ship in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll find out if they actually do anything and, and add there because I suspect that they will. It's just going to be yeah. about how long it takes them to do that. Um but anyway, and then the final thing that we wanted wanted to get to today, I do have to wrap us up a little quicker than usual, was uh, just a little bit of the history here of the Rockies in the Rule 5 draft. None of the guys they had lost uh, that that <laughs> really hurt 
Um, Mark Canna is always the one that sticks out in my mind as uh, just a, a brutal loss considering uh, just his particular skill set and then the Rockies difficulty. He can play some first. I don't think Canna primarily plays first, but he can. Uh, and that he's a right-handed power, that he's so perfectly what the Rockies have needed like the last four or five years is is those ones hurt. Those, those yeah, ones for hurt. Sure. For sure. I mean, that, and, and as what, what Drew's essentially alluding to is that in, in 2014, Rockies are like, ah, we're not going to really use our pick. But Oakland says, hey, you guys are up really high. Can you snag Canna from, from the Marlins organization? And I go, sure. Rockies got Austin House, who uh, I think he, he's from like Albuquerque. So that was cool, mm-hmm. him, him being able to pitch you know, for the Isotopes. They got some cash. They did it the next year with Luis Perdomo. Believe it or not, he was technically a Rocky for a couple minutes before yeah. he was traded to San Diego. Um, you know, and, 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 and Canley was the only guy that they actually drafted yeah. and was able to keep around. Car- Carval- uh, Marcus Carvajal. Uh, came came over in a trade um but as you started off by by saying there's been a couple there's been more guys kind of plucked from out their system um two interesting ones came in the minor league phase one was in 2013 um uh, a plucky second baseman outfielder by the name of russell wilson yes that russell wilson was taken by the rangers and then the yankees went and plucked him from the rangers organization just because you know the yankees are like yeah we want to have a pro bowl quarterback in our minor league system right come on yankees uh and jorge sosa who uh was actually an outfielder and was then converted and had a couple good years as a relief pitcher the first player to ever be taken from the rockies organization in the rule five draft jeff hewson now and that's right. I was gonna say I know this. Somebody told me this. Yeah, I think Jeff Houston. It's told so me weird. That. It doesn't make sense. He was, and I told Jeff Houston. Uh, he didn't yeah. realize it either. He, that's he, that's what, that's what it was. Like that a, was the conversation I remember. Yeah. yeah. He had signed as a minor league free agent, so he was 33 years old at the time. Yeah. And yeah. the Mariners just basically go, "Well, yeah, actually, you know, we could use a, uh, you know, another, you know, middle infielder." So took him in in, in 97. Everth Cabrera was a real bad one in 2008 because yeah. yeah. he was an All Star for a season. Yeah. Um, so that one wasn't good. And, and, you know, that was kind of it. Taylor Featherstone, uh, Daniel Winkler, as I, uh, had mentioned yeah. earlier, Josh Rutledge, who by that point, um, you know, really wasn't much of anything. And, uh, and Julian Fernandez in, in 2017 was taken by the giants who was then only recently returned to, uh, the Rockies because again, he had right. so many injuries and was on, you know, the IL that it was like, I know you 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 took him back in 2017, but he still technically falls under the Rule Five draft rules. So right. you're gonna you're gonna keep him on the you know 26 man roster? Uh, no, we're we're no. we're done with this experiment. <laughs> yeah, and and so then the good news on that front was you know as much as Vince Fernandez could hang on or do something, we had talked about you know could they lose Riley Pint? Could they lose? Uh, Alan Trejo was one who I don't think a lot of yeah. were concerned about, but you and I both think has a chance to be a very solid ball player that a smart team could have gone out and taken. And we were worried, you know, about them not protecting uh, Trejo or, or talked about, you know, maybe if they had moved dolls sooner, they could have used a spot to protect one of these guys. And that ends up not being a big deal. So the Rockies either dodge a bullet or they played that one smart by not spending a spot on those guys and getting the, continue to have them in the system. And, you know, I, I still think the, the book on pint right now is, uh, but Trejo's a, a nice little piece. And um, 
you, you know, especially in a world where if it really doesn't work out for Brendan Rodgers or they've they've got a trade a Trevor story uh, that they've got a guy who's at this point, basically his defense is major league ready. And the bat may, he's such an old school, like up the middle player. Like he's just going to give you fantastic defense and we'll see about the bat. But do you remember uh, Jack Wilson from the pirates? Yeah. 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 I feel like he's like a Jack he's Wilson, a, almost like a Brad Jose Miller. Iglesias. Okay. You know that Jose Iglesias is still, yeah. still sticking around, but a guy that's obviously <laughs> glove first, but yeah, he can run into one and, and it has a good year. It's, it's like, like a lot of catchers where you go, eh, he's ho-hum. And then they have a great, Every catcher has that one year where they kind of have that stand out. And that's not who they are, but like, hey, they're giving you I'm, good defense. They might be able to do that. Not all catchers do have that, but you know, you 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 could have that that flash in the pan. And uh and Trejo could be, be even be much better than that too. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm really glad that that he's gonna stick around and, and Brian Servin again, a nice little catching prospect. Yeah. Uh the outfielders we mentioned, Manny Melendez and, and Casey Golden, Mike Nickarak. Uh, two is 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 sure. coming back. Moses Seha, Daniel Montano, who was a big, you know, yeah. uh, international signing a few years ago. So, on one hand, you go, well, yeah, it's because they haven't developed well and they're not that good. It's, you know, every team has those guys. Right. It's you know, it's a gift and a curse. The Rule Five Draft is a gift and a curse. It doesn't right. necessarily mean you didn't have good players, um, and that's why they weren't taken out of your system. But at the same time, you go, well, there is a flaw, and, and they're not quite the guys you want. It's just yeah. baseball, you know? That's yeah. just how it goes. We're going we're gonna to find out how it's going to go from here on out. Let us know what you thought about how the Colorado Rockies did in the Rule 5 draft. Let us know what you think of it. Hit us up on social media at Drew Creaseman at Patrick D. Lyons at DNVR underscore Rockies. You can always send an email to Drew or Patrick at the DNVR.com. And you got to subscribe to the DNVR.com so that you don't miss out on any of that written content. Plus, you get discounts on hats and shirts and masks. You get a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar when that reopens here in several days. You get to hang out with us in the Discord and talk about movies and music and video games i'm about to go check out the video game award show and chat with all of our gamers on that and then we're going to be reporting on it for the dnvr gaming podcast fridays at five make sure you've subscribed to that on your feed we're having a whole lot of fun over there and of course we got that old mandalorian show sounds like they just announced like 10 new star wars shows and like uh, there, it's just it's getting crazy out here, but we're having a fun time with it. We are having an absolute blast. And when you subscribe to the DNVR.com, well, you get to come and have an absolute blast with us. So until next time, all we can ask is that you continue to be absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.